0: hello colleagues welcome to the assistant principal podcast i'm your host frederick busky the goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals this podcast complements apex the assistant principal acceleration program but you certainly don't need to be an apex member to find value in the podcast today i'm joined by dr sam searcy the principal of north buncombe high school in weaverville north carolina sam is here with us today to explore perspective-taking. Hello, Sam. Hello. Sam, can you briefly tell us how you got to where you are today?
1: Um, It's been quite the journey. I was a teacher for 12 years, um, an assistant principal for several years, an assistant principal here at North Buncombe, and um, became the principal of North Buncombe Middle for two years, and finally got to come back to North Buncombe High School um, and I've been sitting in this chair now for five years.
0: Wow, that's awesome! Now, did you attend North Buncombe as a student? Where'd... I did not. Okay.
1: <laughs> I right. did not. I mean, you don't even live in the can- in the um, in this district. Um, I live on the other side of the county. But um, now that I've been here for ten years at the school, I do feel like this community is has grown to be my own.
0: Good. Well, it takes some time sometimes. So we always like to start with celebrations. So what are you celebrating today?
1: Um, Well, today is our first home basketball game. And I know that sounds like something that always happens. But with COVID, it's been quite a challenge. This will be our first basketball game in two years where I've had a student section. My students are excited about being here. We're having a Hall of Fame induction tonight and we're looking for a really big crowd. So today it's it's all excitement is on the basketball court.
0: Wow, that's good. It's so good to have that feeling of some kind of normalcy. We're so, trying, we're trying. <laughs> this podcast is built around the four principles of strategic leadership. So prioritizing purpose over urgency, addressing problems, not symptoms, progress now instead of perfection later, and focusing on people instead of tasks. And we actually set this podcast up after you responded to one of my daily leadership emails. And in case there are people listening out there who aren't aware, I send out a daily leadership email, 300 words or less every weekday morning at 6 a.m. So if if you don't already get enough email, uh, you can go jump over to my website at frederickbuskey.com and maybe subscribe to that. Anyway, you you responded to one of my emails and I sent an email out describing how the view out of my office window changes with the seasons. And during spring and summer, I'm looking out into trees, but then in the winter, I I have a mountain view. And the interesting thing is that I actually forget I have a mountain view until all the leaves fall off the trees. And so I think as leaders, we can become accustomed to a particular view and so much so that we actually forget what the other view looks like. So you responded to that email with a story of an awesome activity that you did on perspective taking with your teachers. So I want to start right there, and I want you to tell the audience what you did and why you did it.
1: Sure. So we have – I have a faculty that is – very vested in our school. Most of my teachers went to North Buncombe High School. I have several married couples on my faculty. And the principal that was here previous to me, um, I was his assistant principal. He was here for, I think, 12 or 14 years. So faculty meetings had kind of evolved into a, a sit and get in, in one, diff, one, um, one focal point point with the principal standing in front of the room in our media center. And if we've learned anything from COVID, it's all about everything can change and things move around. And I found myself, I would say for years, just kind of combating the who's going to sit in the back, who's going after the cushy chairs. Um, the front row's always empty. No one wants to sit here. And no matter what I did, it, it just always felt like they had their place to gravitate toward. And there was nothing I was going to do to change it. So recently at a faculty meeting, I went in to the media center about 45 minutes early and spent a lot of time rearranging the entire setup of the media center so that now when they came in the door, they were no longer in the back of the room. That was the front of the room. And um, I purposely set only enough chairs for the number of faculty that I have. I made sure that they all had a seat and um, watch them come in kind of uncomfortably, watch them text each other, watch them give each other looks, and went along with the whole faculty meeting. And at the end, I said, how are you feeling about this new setup? And they're just, you know, looking at me like, it's four o'clock, can we go home? Why are you asking us this question? (laughs) And so I I just kind of mentioned to them, you know, sometimes your students feel the same way that you just felt walking in this room. And if we don't get a new perspective every now and then, if you can't change the scenery, we're just going to be complacent and compliant, and that's wonderful if we're only here to behave well. But we're here to learn, so sometimes shaking it up a little bit for your students, just like I shook it up for you, will will help lead to that. So they were appreciative in the end, but it was quite an uncomfortable start.
0: <laughs> I can imagine, <laughs> as as someone who always likes to sit in the same seat. Uh, that would be a tough one for me. Have, have you heard any follow-up discussion or had any comments from teachers following that?
1: Um, I would say the follow-up has only been, what are you going to do to us next time? <laughs> and, and I like that. I appreciate that. I want them, um, just like I want their their students to be on their toes, I want them to be on their toes when, when we're meeting to learn. And that's kind of how I take faculty meetings as well. They're, um, we're there to learn something.
0: Mm-hmm. That's neat, that's really cool. and um, so we often think about trying to help our teachers consider their students and parents' perspectives. What are the perspectives that we as administrators need to be thinking about?
1: Um, you know that's a good question. Um, something happened actually this morning that um, I was so proud of my students um, with this the ball games coming back, I realized I have students in the building that have never been to a, a high school basketball game as a student and sat in a student section. So um, I had a goal of making sure that they understood kind of the social contract of sitting in the student section. And I'm this morning on announcements, because um, one of my um, areas for improvement is I tend to jump into action maybe before I thought through things a little bit and so on announcements I mentioned this um, contract and that everyone would sign up today in the cafeteria we're excited I didn't realize my students would lose their mind because then their vision it was some horrible thing that I was putting on them and they sent a student rep to me to um, work it out and we wrote the contract together wow so I think it's always important to remember um, the student's perspective, they are children, but they are very much um, our bread and butter. I mean, they're, they're why we're here. And if we forget that they have feelings and needs and wanna be a part of the conversation, then it, it's, it's not gonna go well. So, so the perspective of my students is always very, very important. I think to the perspective of my teachers, um, just in making sure that when I speak to them or send them information, I have that realization of what's already on their plate Hmm. and and think about what lens they're going to view things through. I may be coming at it from a legal perspective or um, even a managerial perspective. We have to do this but how does that translate into what they're doing every day in their classroom? And how does that translate into their their school day? So um, in thinking about the perspective of my teachers, I want to make sure that whatever information I'm sharing with them or directive, that it comes across in a way that they can um, see the why. Why are we doing this? um, And just be mindful that the lens that they view things through is not my lens. So um, I may have some legal reason to tell them something. And for them, they could care, maybe it's something they don't care about, the legal side of it. They care about the the classroom piece of it and what does it do to their school day. And then the perspective of my community is very important. Um, Something as simple as we built a new track and we're very proud of that. And it was a, a, you know, million dollar investment, but now all the gates are locked. Wow. Because I can't just have everybody roller skating on the track. And that has been, you know, the perspective of the community is suddenly we've, we've put a lot down on the school, but when we talk to people about school safety and, and um, pride in what we have and, and that protection of our school day, it, it's different, but just making sure you, Take it all in. You got to watch for everything.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to consider. And and I think that's important for assistant principals to always be mindful of as well. And and certainly they're going to be focused on students. Um, We've heard a lot, we've talked a lot about teachers and the things that are happening with them right now and the pressures in this unique time. Uh, But I think from that assistant principal seat, being mindful of those people that aren't in the school building at the time can be really, really important. You, you talked a little bit about teachers' perspectives, and and one of the things I've had conversations with some administrators on that that's a challenge right now is there are a lot of people that are struggling, right, for all of the different reasons. This is still a crazy time, and the fall was especially difficult for for many of us. Um, so, so how do you give grace? How do you understand that people may not be at peak performance and? and have that teacher perspective, but at the same time help teachers understand we still have to grow. We still have to get better and maybe our better isn't going to be as good as it was, but we have to keep moving forward and we have to keep working on ourselves and making progress. So how how do you, how do you get that sorted out?
1: Good question. (laughs) Um, you know, I think, um, being so far into my career and then having COVID just throw everything upside down, it's made me realize um, that the relationships my teachers have with the students are even more valuable than the content that they're teaching.
0: Hmm.
1: And I've, I've always known that, but I don't think I really um, embraced it. And that, that feeling of we've got to start with what we can do before we can get to what we wanna do. And I think that's really been um, a shift for me personally. Um, I think it's been a shift for a lot of my teachers who maybe are not as um, personally open with their kids or as um, um, one-on-one with their students. It's, It's kind of forced those folks to come out of their shell a little bit and, and dig a little deeper for their kids. But I've also had to take some of my teachers who have already mastered relationships and pull them back in and say, okay, that's great. But don't forget, we still need to learn and we still need to focus on learning. So it's it's definitely been a balance. Um, just just some of the mandates The what is virtual learning for teachers who weren't trained to be virtual teachers? Um, what is virtual assessment? What does that look like? And what does it not look like? Um, Some, some concessions on when we were virtual zoom meetings, I had teachers who would not count a student present if they couldn't see their face and their mouth. And we had students who wanted to only show you their ceiling because they didn't (laughs) want you to see them um, in their pajamas or whatever. So, It's just been a lot of conversations and a lot of support for each other. And, and frankly, just some acknowledgement that, yeah, this is hard for everybody. Yeah. And and if you start there, then you can usually find a common ground.
0: Yeah. Good. Well, and I, and I think it's that, that spirit of working together, which has to start with that acknowledgement of what the context is um, and the reality of that. And we understand, but that's where we are now. I love it. would. I'm gonna frame that the quote that you just said, I'm gonna pull out when we go back and review the show on um you have to you have to start where you are before you can get where you need to go, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, what
1: that's before I get to what I wanna do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um okay. So I'm gonna ask you to be vulnerable can you share a time when you did not step back and do some perspective taking and what went wrong and maybe what perspective might have helped you to achieve a better outcome?
1: Um, In reflecting on this question, um, I realized, I think even more, the journey I've been on as a principal. This is my seventh year Total as being in charge of a school—five years in high school, two years in middle school—and that first year as a principal of of a middle school, I really came at the the task before me as if I were the teacher leader. Hmm. And um, we hear that a lot, you know, being the instructional leader and and getting into the weeds with the teachers and knowing the content and and all of that, and that's. That's who I wanted to be. That's what I, that's what I was after. Um, But I quickly realized they didn't need me for that.
0: Hmm.
1: They needed me to be the person in charge. They needed me to be the um, person who had the answers. Even Even if the answer was, we need to work together to get to a solution. They still needed me to, to be the authority, if you will. And that first year, it took me months, months, and some, some painful conversations with teachers. Um, where one teacher even said to me, you're the principal. What do you mean you don't know the answer? And, and that realization that um, folks do need you to lead. And that leadership sometimes is quiet and behind the scenes and through other people. But sometimes it is... Front and center, and in the moment, and making a decision, but that was a a tough ride that first year.
0: Yeah, so that reminds me of uh, analogy I use when when I'm actually teaching teachers how to put in really good classroom procedures and routines. And and when we think about classroom management, if you if you have no boundaries, then the kids are going to wander all over the place because they want to know where the boundaries are because Boundaries help provide structure, which provides a safe safety. And so if I don't know where the boundaries are, then things are unsafe. Um, And so if we don't provide those boundaries, people don't feel safe. And then, you know, the opposite end is your boundaries are so confining and so small, people feel oppressed. Um, Mm -hmm. So it is finding that balance. And that's a great illustration of that. So you're a veteran principal. Can you reflect for us on how your leadership perspectives have changed as you've moved from teacher to assistant principal and then to principal?
1: Um, Sure. I think as a teacher, I um, like most teachers who become administrators, I had chaired every committee, um, wanted all the leadership opportunities and and really enjoyed that collaborative sense of improving our school. Um, I wanted to move into administration to to have a bigger impact. Mm. Um, I'll never forget, I was teaching AP psychology and AP government. And one of my advanced placement students said to me when I I was named the assistant principal for the following year, she said, that's great, but you'll never know kids like us again. And what she meant by that is is somewhat true. Um, I wouldn't know a classroom of kids. I wouldn't follow them on a journey for 90 days in a semester long class. And and those those top students, you don't get to know them personally as much or as often as you do some other students that struggle and and need more support. So um, as an assistant principal, I went at it at that goal. I want to improve the, the bigger picture. Then when I made the decision to, to really look at, at being a school leader and being a principal, um, it really had to do more with taking that impact deeper. How can I impact um, instruction? How could I impact um, graduation rates in a way that was systemic that I, I put things in place where what we do here is we get you a diploma, and and it means something at the end of the day, and and how that changes our community as a whole. Um, I, I remember though as an assistant principal, um, and I worked with two great guys um, my first two years, and we were I, I remember us always patting each other on the back on days that our principal didn't tell us anything, huh. because. He knows we got it, like, look, he's letting us take care of it. We're taking care of it. Um, And I love that feeling of being collaborative with them, but also knowing we were there supporting the person above us, if you will, the principal, but then also knowing we had done the right by our teachers and our students throughout that day. So the role of an AP is probably the most rewarding of anything. Um, Principal role, I enjoy it. I'm not going to give it up. But it's it's not that same in the moment reward that you you would get as an assistant principal.
0: So a lot of people that are listening out there probably are thinking, well, I'm going to be a principal someday. So can you just talk a little bit more about that?
1: Sure, sure. Well, anyone who's in administration always hears it's it's lonely at the top. It's a lonely job. Um, you don't know what you don't know till you sit in the chair. I've heard that a lot. I've said that a lot. That is all true. Um, you you want to make sure you have an assistant principal team and not everyone has that benefit. I have colleagues who are in schools where they are it. There's no AP. They're having to pull teacher leaders to help with all the managerial tasks. Um, But if you're fortunate enough to to be in a school where you have an assistant principal team, um, it's just making sure that you're all on the same page. Um, So then at the end of the day, now my my, um, feelings of accomplishment have more to do with the work they do, that I've helped them get to a good spot, that that, um, they're running the show so just like when I was an AP and we were patting each other on the back, principal didn't have to tell us to do anything. That makes me feel good when I get in my car and go home. I didn't have to tell them to do it. They knew what they were doing. They took it. They were professional um, and they still held true to what what our goals of our school
0: are. Right. Well, so every school's different. And I know a lot of the assistant principals I work with are maybe the only assistant principal um, and some people are working in in buildings that there is a really strong team and sense of team. And then others are kind of out there on their own here. You take care of the managerial things and and that's it. So you've talked about having a quality team and and I wanna talk more about what that looks like. But first I wanna talk about what do you do to help build that that team approach? What are some of the, the systems or systemic things that you have in place as a leadership team?
1: Um, I'd say first and foremost, um the division of labor. We as a as a team, um we work over the summer to define task, if you will, and um um who will who will be responsible for the EC department, who will be responsible for athletics? Um and then allowing them a chance to tell me what it is that they want to do. Where, what excites them? I mean, somebody's going to have to be in charge of buses. Nobody wants to be in charge of buses. I did it. I know nobody wants that. But at the same time, what can you gain from being the person who's over transportation? Is there some other piece to it? Um, I had an assistant principal a couple of years ago who took on that role and rerouted our entire bus system because he saw a better way to, to manage it. Mm -hmm. And even though that wasn't his, his job, so to speak, um, it gave him joy and gave him pride. And so we, we made sure that happened. Um, So that's what I would say. Just, just that making sure everyone has not only a task um, that has to be done, but also something that they, they can feel fulfilled with.
0: Okay. And, and are you meeting what's your frequency of meeting during the school year during a week?
1: So um, ideally we would meet once a week and have an assigned time to sit down and shut the door and, and, um, take care of all our problems. It doesn't happen that way. I'll Mm. I'll, it's, and that's me. I know that. That's just the way we (laughs) operate. But, um, But we also, you know what I love the best is at the end of a hard day, you know, it's been squirrely, something happened, maybe we didn't speak more than on a radio, you know, go there, go here. They, my assistant principals know that what I need is to debrief. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope that that's something that's beneficial to them as well. So, you know, come 345, 350, they're standing at my door or they're radioing. Are we getting together? And I think that feeling of um, it's not always a feeling of accomplishment, but accomplishment maybe that you survived the day <laughs> and um, the building's still standing, but just that, that time to debrief and, and reconnect and to acknowledge, you know, you did a great job today or are you okay? That was, that was tough. Um, um, one of my assistant principals, um, who was new this year, and I don't think he mind me telling you this. He, um, witnessed a student curse me in mm-hmm. the middle of a, a student search for something he wasn't supposed to be doing at school. And, um, the next day the assistant principal came to me and he said, you know, I went home and really thought about what happened. And he said, I I should have intervened. I should have done something. I should have, he said, I just sat there. I didn't know what to do. And, and, you know, I, I, I let him know it's okay. I, I mean, I get the whole, you know, I'm a female, this is a male student. We're eyeball to eyeball. And, and you're a male assistant principal, but really it's okay. Um, you'll, you'll learn when to intervene. You'll learn when to have the right feeling. You'll, you'll learn that. That's okay. Nothing was wrong with your behavior mm-hmm. that day. Um, so I've, I've found a lot of fulfillment in watching them grow. They're, they're newer and, um, younger and yeah, every day's a learning experience.
0: Yeah. So I'm always going to be that hardcore advocate for, for blocking that time and and building that that flywheel where we can do some of the instructional leadership pieces but that's not the only piece and and having that that time even in your case where it's not 100% set aside but but it really sounds like it's become kind of one of your rituals right especially if it's a tough day you have established that leadership culture where we know we come together and 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 the two big things that i hear out of that One is the the support and I guess three things, the support, the flow of information. So nobody's surprised by a phone call that night or what happens the next day. But then also that that is the place where the learning takes, takes place, where you can unpack those situations and reflect on them. And so you've got that culture of coming together, but you've also established an environment in which people can be vulnerable. So people can question, did I do the right thing? And they can reflect on that and, and then y'all can have that honest sharing. And I think that's tremendous. And I hope all of our assistant principals out there have that. Um, I know some don't, um, but I think it's really critical as, as APs think about what kind of principal do I want to be at some point to know that 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 building of leadership and, and creating that culture where APs can make mistakes and they could admit to those mistakes and they can unpack them and learn together. That's really powerful. So, you've shared with me that you have a great leadership team. Um, what makes it great?
1: Um, I would say, I, over the years, I have hired, I can't even count how many assistant principals. I've had two of my assistant principals become principals, which um, I'm very proud of. I'm proud of them and and glad I could be a part of that, a small part of that journey. I've had one assistant principal become a a district supervisor um, in a a very big role in our county. Um, Very proud of that journey um, and glad to have gone on it with them. Um, I, I think what makes it great is The common energy, um, the common belief that what we do here is good work, Hmm. that public school is is a good place to be, Hmm. that it's not always pretty and it's not always clean and it's not always um, consistent. But what we do here has purpose and meaning and value and having having that common belief puts us in the right direction for everything we do. Um, we're also a group that really loves teaching. That doesn't always happen, but I'm fortunate enough. I've, I um, actually had, have had the pleasure of hiring all three of my current assistant principals. And um, they are instructional leaders. And I know that about them. They were strong teachers. They're, they're strong administrators. So we, we take value in, in action planning. We do a lot of um, data collection as far as just as a group. We're doing some learning walks right now and collecting some data on that. School Improvement Team is incorporating that into the School Improvement Plan and hoping to move that further with learning walks for our teachers. But we, um, we actually value that, that kind of action plan and having uh, purposeful steps and a process and a timeline. And even though it gets muddy and murky and squirrely some days, that that ability to look each, at each other and say, have how many classrooms have you been in today? Oh, my goodness, I've not been in only two. And um, and that belief that we all are. Um, after the same thing. And, right. that, and that's just to support the school and support our students.
0: Oh, that's good. Thank you. And, and I think we'll have to have you back on because you just touched on two things that I think are worth really doing a, a deeper dive on, which is having that, having some kind of plan of how we're gonna develop instruction. Um, and, and then also, how do we get into classrooms? Because the reality is it's, it's a challenge. Um, and so what are some of the things that y'all do to, to be able to do that? So that'll be another time Um, so we're going to start wrapping up now, but I have three questions for you. And the first is what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? Hmm.
1: Um, wow. What a tough question, you know, every day. And I think anyone who in any profession, probably if, if they value what they do, you, you reflect on what you've done that day. And um, I think I'm, I'm constantly looking for, where's the next avenue that's gonna get us to the top? And what does the top look like? And having to always think about that. Is that test scores? Is that discipline records? Is that graduation rates? Um, I think the challenge for me always is never feeling like we quite meet the bar. Mm-hmm. and trying to rein myself in a little bit and focus on one or two things instead of 50 at one time.
0: <laughs> I think that's a constant struggle for a lot of us. <laughs> so if listeners could take away just one thing from today's podcast, what should it be?
1: Um, I think it should be being a principal and an assistant principal is hard. and worth every minute of it it's um it is a journey and it is difficult to do it alone Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate that some some leaders are in that situation but collaboration whether that's with teacher leaders or other assistant principals or your principal is is key if you want to improve your craft
0: Thank you for that. That's a great message. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Um, just keep at it. Um, like I mentioned before, public school is important. And um, I'm, I know the world has provided students and families with lots of options about school And I think every family has to choose what option is best for their family. Absolutely. Hands down. But I still believe in in, um, majority mass education, if you will, and this this thought that every child deserves um, a good school to come to. and, And that starts with good leaders who are making the you know, opening those doors every day and making sure that what happens inside the building is purposeful. So keep at it.
0: All right, Sam, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking time to share today.
1: Thank you, I really, I had a good time,
0: thanks. Good, good. We always say, I don't publish the front end of the show but we always talk about having fun uh, because we all do work, y'all do work so, so hard and and having that fun and and sharing and, and I really appreciate the positive message that, that you're bringing to this. I think I think we all need to hear that and we all need to remember it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again. So uh, as a listener, if you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast because that helps other people find it. I'm always trying to improve the show. We're seven episodes in now. So if you have feedback for me, please email me at fbusky at gmail.com. And if you'd like more content, tailored towards the needs of assistant principals, you can head over to my website at frederickbuskey.com, where I have resources and some information on APEX if, in case you'd be interested in that. So that wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast.